Uh, God has made the proclamation of the gospel the means by which people from across the world hear and believe the good news of Christ's death and resurrection. They receive good news of this salvation through faith in Jesus Christ in this way. That's why in Romans 10 we have the call for those, uh, for people to be sent to proclaim and to proclaim so that others may hear and believe. But it's also plain from the passages, various passages in Scripture, that prayer has an absolutely vital place in the purposes of God when it comes to taking this gospel to the ends of the earth. And that's why we should relish and enjoy opportunities like this. Time to pray. Um, I was not always passionate about missionary prayer, to be honest with you. Time to pray for missionaries and for the nations. I, I just wasn't all that passionate about it. I used to find it hard to get motivated. Uh, to my shame, boredom was a common experience. And I wonder if that's maybe how some of you might feel tonight when it comes to the prospect of a service set aside so that we can pray for the nations. I have to say that two things completely transformed my view of missions and transformed how I pray for missions across the world. The first thing was I read John Piper's book, Let the Nations Be Glad. Piper's point was that the global spread of God's glorious name throughout the nations was his passionate concern. And if it was his passionate concern, then it must be mine. And one of the key chapters, I think, in gripping my heart and helping me pray for the nations was his chapter on the place of prayer in missions. He says this, God has given prayer to the church as a wartime walkie-talkie so that we can call headquarters for everything we need as the kingdom of Christ advances in the world. But here's Piper's critique. We, the church, take this wartime walkie-talkie meant for frontline missions and use it instead as a domestic intercom to call in comforts in the home. That was the first thing that transformed my view of missions and prayer and missions. That book, you should read it, it's great. Second thing, Psalm 67. Psalm 67. If Piper taught me that I should pray for the nations, Psalm 67 taught me how to pray. Look with me at verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine. Make his face shine on us. What an incredible way to start. When we think of the problem of the church being that they look too often for comforts at home, rather than for resources for advancing the gospel. We think, isn't that a funny thing that the psalmist begins by asking for blessing and more grace? It's an interesting thing. Bless us, he says. Be gracious to us. In other words, show us kindness we don't deserve. Stun us with your extravagant love and mercy again and again and again. Your, your unmatched benevolence. Let us see what that is. Show us it again and again. Bless us. Now when it says, 
bless us here. May God be gracious to us and bless us. I think in many respects, it's talking about just resources. It's talking about what God gives us to live with. Whether that's money or roof over our heads or material possessions, whatever. It's, it's basically a prayer of bless us with everything that we need. And the third aspect of this initial prayer of bless us is make your face shine, us, shine on us. Show us again and again that your face is not turned away from us. Show us again and again that your face is not frowning over us, but shining on us. Let us, your people, enjoy knowing that we are living under the radiance of your happy face. That's how we begin to pray for the nations. Isn't that a funny thing in some respects? Bless us. Are we not supposed to be thinking more globally here? Bless us. Be gracious to us. Let us bask under the radiance of your happy face. We live in a day when we think God's blessings, of course, are poured out on us for our enjoyment. Sometimes our individualism is so rife in our lives where it's all about our hopes, our plans, my ambitions, my blessings. But here's what we need to see from Psalm 67. God's blessing is not an end to be pursued. We're not supposed to pray for the kind of prosperity that plumps up the pillow of our materialism. No, there's a reason why even as we come to pray for the nations, we start by asking God to bless us. Psalm 67 shows us exactly what that reason is. Verse 1 says, Lord, be gracious to us, bless us, make your face shine upon us. That, verse 2, that. Now, that one word changes it all, doesn't it? Prepares us to hear the purpose of such blessing. That your ways may be known on earth. Your salvation known among all nations. So when we come, how are we supposed to pray for the nations? First of all, pray, God bless us. Be gracious to us. Make your face shine upon us. And Lord, use us to bless them. Bless us so that we might be a blessing to the nations. Bless us not for our happy enjoyment and building up the comforts in our den, but so that we have stuff to send, people to send so that the nations might be reached. What does God want for the nations? Psalm 67 makes this clear for us as well. In verse 2, God's desire is for the nations to know him, that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. God is the savior of the whole world and wants the world to know him and his ways. And at present, in Middle East and North Africa, there are 1.3 billion people who are fasting and giving alms and praying five times a day to a false god. They do not know the one true God. They do not know about the judgment to come or the need to escape from it. They do not know that Jesus came in love as the God-man to die in our place and to rise again and hold out this offer of life to all who would confess Jesus as Lord and believe in their hearts that God raised him from the dead so that they might be saved. 
our prayer should be, Lord, bless us so that we might be able to bless them so that they might know you. You see, we have the face of God shining on us so that we might give our lives to making this gospel known among all peoples. God wants the nations to know him, verse 2. God wants the nations to praise him. You see this in verses 3 and 5. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. And again, repeated in verse 5, may the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. In India, in Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, there are 950 million Hindus who are praising more gods than we can count in all the fingers and toes in this room. But there is only one God who is worthy of their praise. Our prayer should be, Lord, bless us so that we might tell them about you, that they might praise you and you alone. God's desire for the nations is to know him and to praise him. Therefore, that should be our desire also. Thirdly, within this little section, God's desire is for the nations to enjoy him. Look at verse 4. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. You know that over half the people groups in this world currently are unreached. Millions do not know what it means to sing as we've been singing. The happy praise of God. The God who, as verse 4 says, rules justly, guides lovingly. They're lost. Our prayer should be, Lord, bless us that we might bless them with the knowledge of you so that they might rejoice and be glad. So you see how Psalm 67 teaches us how to pray? Bless us, Lord, so that we might be a blessing to the nations. So that we might be this vehicle that you have chosen to resource and fill a vehicle that will travel out to North America, South America, the Middle East, North Africa, closed countries like North Korea, difficult places like Saudi Arabia. Our prayer tonight when it comes to praying for missions should be, God, be gracious to us and bless us. Please give us everything we need to carry out this task. Please protect us from the perils of personal comfort where we make some kind of disconnect between verses 1 and verses 2 of Psalm 67. Lord, bless us, be gracious to us, make your face to shine upon us so that we plump the pillow of our materialism. Do you make that disconnect? Do we as a church... Do evangelical churches in this nation make that disconnect? Do they pull the plug between verses 1 and 2? Our prayer tonight should be that we reconnect. We pray God bless us, that we might bless the nations, that you might be known, praised, and enjoyed by every people group in this world. So tonight as we pray, we know the need. Tonight as we pray, now we know how to pray. This is not about domestic intercoms, but wartime walkie-talkies.
Let's bow our heads for a few moments. I'm going to invite Lorna Golding to come up and join me just now.